Good evening and welcome to our broadcast uh, on the introduction to Orthodox Christianity. We're continuing our talks about our approach to the Holy Scripture. There have been a number of good, very lengthy articles written about how Orthodox Christians should read the Bible and so forth, but we're offering only an introduction to the faith. So we're offering some very significant points, but there are more complete studies that are available. One of the issues that we've been discussing has been the attempt to interpret Holy Scripture without the sacred tradition of the Church. And let me point to perhaps one or two concrete examples. You know that in Paul's letters to the Corinthians, he mentions about uh, why should people who deny the resurrection pray for the dead, or be baptized for those who have departed. Now, one significant Protestant denomination called the, the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints, uh, the Mormons, have misinterpreted that particular verse to suggest that Christians should be baptized on behalf of their departed ancestors and even on behalf of people who are of no relation to them at all, who have departed this life. Now, if they had been aware of the history of that era, and in context of the sacred tradition, which actually explains to us what was actually being said by Paul, they would have realized that Paul was not advocating being baptized on behalf of the dead, but was showing the internal contradiction of a Gnostic group in Corinth who naturally de denied the resurrection because Gnostic groups would never accept the idea of the resurrection of the body because they thought the body was evil as something created by an evil God as opposed to the good God who created the spirit. Now this group had also begun the practice of being baptized on behalf of their dead ancestors or dead people because they would have tied together baptism with the deliverance of the divine spark from the prison of the body. In other words, they believed that the human body was a prison of the soul and that the divine spark which was created by the good deity was trapped in the physical body which was created by an evil deity and they would have been baptizing in behalf of those who were departed in order to liberate the divine spark which might still be trapped in the deceased body. Well the Mormons of course would have had no understanding or context of that because like all Protestants they did not accept the sacred tradition and the history of the church. Somehow people concluded that all secular history and propagandistic chronicles of various kings and emperors are somehow trustworthy, but that the church's record of her history is not trustworthy. So the Holy Spirit could not be trusted to have guided the, devel the, the rec recording of the history and the sacred tradition of the church, while secular chroniclers could somehow be trusted not to have embellished their histories 
for the sake of their king or their emperor or their nationalism about their own tribe or country. Well, this is a, a, a serious error that has really corrupted the understanding of the Holy Scripture. The translations, of course, do present problems. In the story of the wedding of Cana, for example, which we discussed earlier, where the King James Version has Christ violating the first commandment with promise and showing disrespect for his mother. In fact, he does not say, Woman, what have I to do with you? But my dear one, in the feminine, what difference does it make to you and to me? And so we've seen this approach to scripture and how it can create all kinds of mischief in the understanding of the divine scripture. So one really does need to know something of the history of an era in which the scripture was written and something of the details of the circumstances under which it was written. I was asked to see a book on the, or a movie uh, on the nativity story, the journey um, of Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. And so finally I yielded and went to see the movie with some, some Protestant friends. And what struck me about the movie, which was supposed to be a Christian movie for the sake of Christians, was the complete ignorance and disconnect from actual history and actual life of the era. For example, uh, Nazareth was portrayed as a dusty little town in the middle of nowhere, when in fact it was uh, a suburb only four kilometers from one of the most important Roman cities in the east, from Sepphoris. Cana of Galilee was in between uh, Nazareth and Sepphoris. It was about two kilometers from Sepphoris. At the time when Joseph moved there, or came there, Sepphoris was being rebuilt after it had been destroyed by Eretus, the king of Nabatea. And so tradesmen and uh, craftsmen were in very heavy demand, which would have explained why Joseph was there in the first place as a craftsman. Uh, it doesn't say just a carpenter, actually. The, the, the Greek word does indicate a craftsman as well as a carpenter. But these people were in heavy demand. And Sepphoris was not completely rebuilt, was uh, a very expensive place to live by the standards of the day. So it was nothing surprising that someone would choose to live in one of the villages which were a suburb of the city. Secondly, in the journey to Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary are shown camping out overnight in the middle of the wilderness amidst the rocks of the probably Transjordan in this case, all alone, traveling completely alone, all that great distance, never would have happened. No one would travel outside of a caravan or of a group of people at that time and certainly would not have slept in the middle of the desert just under the stars. First of all, Joseph was not a poor man. As a craftsman, he, he made a good income, particularly if he was working in the rebuilding of the city of Sepphoris, and probably would not even have ridden on a donkey or taken Mary on a donkey all that great long way. But in any case, he would have been traveling in a caravan and slept together at a caravanserai or a caravan stopover or in one of the villages 
the distance from Jerusalem to Bethlehem was not so great. Uh, I walked it myself, in fact, on a very primitive type of road. And so there were so many disconnects altogether in the story that one realized that it was a little bit of the history was there. Joseph and Mary were shown in a cave, a manger cave, not a, a little hut or um, stall as often shown in, in Western pictures. Because, of course, the caves along the cliff edge at Bethlehem were used as mangers for, for, for the sheep. And that at least that part was actually in the movie. But so much of the other details were really so disconnected from any kind of reality that it does show the way in which scripture is misinterpreted by people who try to picture in their mind in terms of today's society and today's circumstances or when they can't they make they have a fantasy in their minds which is completely untrue so we need that context and that sacred tradition that has handed down to us really the history of the church itself and the history of Christ in order to properly understand scripture. And this is one thing that you, you must always remember and bear in mind that if you're going to have any kind of real understanding of scripture, you do need the context, the history, and the sacred tradition. And we'll continue and talk about the Old Testament shortly, but our time is up now on this broadcast. So thank you all and God bless you.